Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about White Lotus Season 2. My friend Shay is back to join me today. How are you, Shay? Hello, I'm doing good. Thank you, Diana, for having me back. I appreciate it. Of course. It's always fun to hang out with you and talk about TV, movies. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so White Lotus. In fact, you're the one who brought it up to me that you were watching this. And I thought, wouldn't this be great to cover? And in thinking about White Lotus, the first season was in Hawaii. And the second season, they are in Sicily. So I thought, question of the day would have to do about locations or vacation or something like that, right? So I thought, ooh, what is one of your favorite vacation movies? What's your favorite? Well, I I love those National Lampoons. Those are classics. But I also, what popped into my head is Thelma and Louise, because technically, Louise calls up Thelma and says, you still running away with me, you know, going up to that cabin. Their whole trip was supposed to be a little getaway. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, and um, of course, that was action packed and and took their law in their own hands. And it, it's one of my favorite movies. So I was just like, well, there you go. It, it's a a different type of vacation movie, but I'll go with Thelma and Louise. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love that movie too. I really do. Mm. I um, I thought about it too, and I agree. Vacation movies are so good. Christmas Vacation, the first vacation, but there's so many. There are so many good ones. The Great Outdoors, oh, Dirty yes, Dancing. Love... Yep. I, f- I completely forgot about The Great Outdoors. And I'm a huge fan of John Candy, rest in peace. <gasps> Me too. Oh, my gosh. Me too. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd, those guys together. Um, Dirty Dancing, yeah. That's a classic. <laughs> I love that movie. So good. I know. They're so good. Because it takes you away, right? You're it, Either you're going on a road trip or you're going somewhere somewhere else and you have this experience so uh, but sometimes it does go wrong right and that's what we see in a lot of these but I was gonna pick as my favorite one even though I love all of those and I probably the one I'm gonna name is about equal to all of the other ones but one I really do enjoy is Little Miss Sunshine have you seen this movie yeah that's a little yeah it's really cute that's a fun one yeah I just like it I like it because and I think I've mentioned it before in a previous podcast episode, but I love it because it has to do with family and how they um, come together to support one another, even though they ha- they're they very dysfunctional, but together they work. And I really like that as a storyline. Agreed. Yeah. So all of those movies are great and your movies choices are great. So friends out there, let us know what you think. What is your favorite vacation movie? You can leave us a comment on social media or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. The links are in our show notes. All right. So White Lotus. This was created by Mike White, an anthology series. Before White Lotus, he was known for writing School of Rock and episodes. I don't know if it's the whole Freaks and Geeks, but I know he wrote some episodes for them. And I'm not sure his specific role. I just know he was a writer in Enlightened, which I have not seen. And he was also a cast member on Survivor and The Amazing Race, which is interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Because I feel like Survivor, his role in Survivor 
lends itself to <laughs> White Lotus because you're kind of, yeah, I don't know, it's just something about it. Just, you know, the things that you do to survive, right? And that's what I feel happens in White Lotus also. Yeah. So School of Rock, I just love that movie. It is like my favorite music-themed comedy. It came out in 2003. I remember taking my sons to see it at the movie theaters. I thought it was so much fun because it was all this music, all this rock music in this film. It was perfectly cast and brilliantly played by Jack Black. It's just such a good film. If anyone hasn't seen this, please go watch it. And Shay, I think you had mentioned you hadn't seen this yet. No, and it's on my list. And sidebar, not to go way back, but D- Summer Vacation would be another one on my list, another John Candy movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> it just popped in my head. I have not seen School of Rock. That one is on my list as well. But a quick little thing too. Jack Black, I was in um, Las Vegas for in December of 2018 going into, for New Year's, going into 2019. And I went and saw David Copperfield, who I'd wanted to see since I was a kid. And I was staying at the MGM. And that's where he was performing. And I got this, I was by myself. I got this, um, like, I think I was like front row or I want to say, yeah, I was, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I got this killer tickets. Um, Jack Black and a couple other people came in and he was sitting right next to me. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> nice guy. That's so cool. I didn't get to see yet School of Rock, um, but I I am really digging Mike White. And I actually had um, saw uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who I'm a huge fan of. I've been a fan of her since like Seinfeld when she um, uh, guest starred on that. But when she, her acceptance speech and she brought Mike White to tears, uh, I was just like, oh man, she's, she just, she's so cool. But Freaks and Geeks was an amazing show. Um, that's another one I'd like to revisit and watch. Uh, it definitely could relate. I'm uh, a little oddball. I was played sports, but I was also a theater nerd. Um, so the, the times being in school. But I know. I, I, and then the 80s, 70s into the 80s, that was just such such a great show. But yeah, School of Rock, I definitely have to check out. You must. I You need to move that up to the top of your list. I think you'll just have a really good time watching it. It's so good. I saw Freaks and Geeks later, like not that long ago, a, oh, a few okay. years ago. I didn't watch it back when it was released. And I just loved it. It was it was fun. I like watching that, right? How, like you mm-hmm. said, revisiting high school and middle school and just the characters. I think when something is perfectly cast, it just works. It And the yeah. writing. I had no idea that he wrote that at the time. I didn't know that. So neither did I. Yeah. He's he's done a lot of great work. And so now that makes me want to go back and watch Enlightenment, which was only a few years ago that he did with Laura Dern. So uh, she's the star know. in that, I believe. So I think we're going to have to go check that out. Yeah. Another talented actor. So let's get into White Lotus. It's this fictitious vacation resort with guests and employees behaving badly over the span of a week. And so the first season, as I mentioned earlier, was in Hawaii. And now we in season two, were in Sicily. And so I want to know, what did you think of season one, and the show in general? Like what made you tune in for season two? I really dug season one and couldn't wait for uh, season two. I, I, when I saw that they were going to have that, I, th- 
awesome. The writing, the actors, it really pushes things. It pushes the envelope. It's it's murder mysteries, you know. I'm there's always, you know, some really great themes and foreshadowing of oh, someone's dead. Who is it? How did it happen? I'm like, you've got me. And then uh in season one, Murray Bartlett, I mean, there was a lot of wonderful actors. Um, Jennifer Coolidge, like I said, you know, huge fan. So to see her as like one of the main characters in season two was amazing. But Murray Bartlett is was is such a talented actor. And he is also in that, which I'll talk about later, but welcome to Chippendales. And he does an amazing job. And I got to work with him on the set of looking in several different episodes um, I did some background work. I auditioned for one role, but didn't get it. But that's okay. That's another story. But I had a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. on on that set. And, and definitely him and a lot of the other actors are just very gracious and, and incredibly talented. But what I love about season two is everything <laughs> very <laughs> complex. After seeing season one, I'm like, let's see what they do next. It's like, it's... It's incredibly well-written. I mean, what a brilliant mind. And to write for so many different characters. And I know. And so much depth. Yeah. And just, it makes me emotional when I think about it. I'm like, wow, these these people are doing their job. Wow. I don't like you. You know, well, yes. you're, you're this. You know what I mean? Yes. It's just like, oh, my God. I've known wi- some women like you. It's <laughs> like, I, you know, I've known some dudes like you. And then, of course, you know, then there's... Some of those people, even when I don't really care for them, I'm like rooting for them in a weird way too, because it's like oh, exactly man, they've got trauma and they've got they're, they've got a lot of baggage, and I just want I just want them to fight their demons and have a good life. But mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, long winded <laughs> answer to that, but I love that. Ahead. No, it's so true. I totally agree with you. It's written so well. The characters have so many facets. I was thinking about Valentina and her role, which we'll get into. There's just a lot of depth in these people. So it's just, yeah, yeah, done really well. But I like it because it's unpredictable. That's what keeps you coming back because you don't know what anyone is going to do. And did I know whose body was going to be floating at the, nope. you know, at the beginning and then again at the end? No, I didn't. I kept guessing. Oh, it must be this person. It must be that person. So same. I think that's what sort of the draw is. And also to see these people, they are wealthy people. And like you had mentioned, you don't always like them or they rub you the wrong way or they come off one way or the other. And you think, man, is that how these people act? And maybe it makes us feel a little bit better if we're not wealthy. Yeah. So let's go ahead and dig into season two. And we'll go ahead and start with episode one. And talk a little bit about that because it kind of sets up the season. And then we'll talk about the characters and what we thought about them. And then we'll head into the finale and discuss that. So with episode one, we see a flashback of a dead body. And then it pops you back into the current time where we meet the staff and the guests as they arrive. And Valentina is the resort manager. And we meet two couples vacationing together. And we meet the DeGrasso's generation of men, grandfather, father, and son. We meet Tanya again, who is Jennifer Coolidge, who was in the first season of White Lotus. And her husband also was in the first season. And she brings with her Portia, her assistant. And we also meet the locals, Lucia and Mia. 
Tell me, what did you think of the first episode? Well, I was really digging on Valentina, too. Even though she's fiery, I liked it. She's a boss, but she's she's got a good heart. I mean, as as it goes throughout the thing, it's like she's got a lot, you know? Um, all the characters are so, so specific. It was really fun just to watch all of it in episode one. It's like, yeah, why would you not stop? You know, you got to keep going. So much going on in such a little time frame. Like it's what, like, I think it's an hour episode and it's. Oh, like, yeah. I want to know more. I want to, I want to, th- these are the ones where the binging starts, you know? Um <laughs> But yeah, there's the foreshadowing, the death of a of a beloved character, you know, and coming on this, they're arriving on the ocean, you know, these, you know, rich people and, and I'm not knocking rich people because there's a lot of people who are like humble and, you know, very giving and, you know, exactly. whatever yeah. it is. Right. Um, but, um, I've, I've personally never had a boat take me to resort, but <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I would, I was like, wow, this looks fun. But it, this, this whole murder mystery, it's intriguing. And there's, you know, the people, like we said, that we don't like. And then there's the rich working against the working class, you know, kind of like, well, I need you for something. I'm like, well, you don't know what it's like to be a working class. And some people do know what it's like. Doesn't matter to me what you do for a living as long as you treat yourself and others with respect. There's some people who have money who are super cool and chill and respect the people who are working class. And then there's others who are kind of, shitting on him like like right. <laughs> like even tanya it's like hey i need you for something yes on, portia you know yeah. what i mean it's like uh, i need to get laid now get the hell out of here get, the, get lost <laughs> i know she's eating dinner and she's, yes. all, shoo, shoo. she's like shooing her away shoo, like she's shoo, the, shoo. an animal right like shoot yeah shoot oh my gosh yeah. i know i was like and what is she doing her husband Poor greg girl. you know is just like what is she doing it's like you know it's a it's a resort and even tanya's all word it's not like we're sleeping in the same bed together i can't do jennifer coolidge but my wife does a great <laughs> um impression and in a very respectful way because i i love her voice <laughs> you know it's like, just jennifer coolidge is just top-notch over i can't get enough of her but yeah um it it grabs you right away and you want to know more about each character and who knows who, like how are they going to all kind of intertwine and what's going to happen. And, and of course there's this floating body in the ocean, you know, after, after um, Daphne's like, well, girls, I'm going to go into the ocean I know. enjoy my last day. And then there's this floating body and then it's, and then Valentina hears about it. And well, you know, basically, this is not part of the hotel. That's the ocean kind of thing. And oh, which we talk, we'll talk later. But um, when SNL did a wonderful sketch of uh, the Black Lotus, where it's yes. just like, well, it's not part of the hotel. You know, it's the ocean. <laughs> we have no control of what happens in there. <laughs> but then when the other the other character is like, no, there's several bodies. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? It's not just one drowning. I was like, this is going to be another really wonderful story all around. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, so many things are going through my head right now. So, yeah, because you have to try and figure out also as you are introduced to all of these characters, who you like, who you don't like, who you can relate to, who -hmm. are the people with issues. And even with the first season, they change, right? You think you don't like somebody and then you kind of like them and vice versa. So you just don't know. You don't really know. Like going into it, I had 
my opinion of who I liked and didn't like. Let me go back a minute. So I thought that Valentina was really interesting because she wasn't catering to all the guests that came to her resort. In fact, I thought she had done a poor job being a resort manager. I thought, how does she get repeat (laughs) business when these people that are paying you money, you're not super welcoming or anything like that. In fact, she tells Bert DeGrasso that he's old and she's surprised he made the trip. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And I think Cameron says something about the luggage is missing. And she says, well, how did you get it here? And he tells her and she's, oh, you did it wrong. You're probably never going to see your your luggage. You should never do it like that. You should do it like this. And I thought, oh my goodness. So she has this personality that is totally different than what we're used to seeing. So I think that is intriguing in itself. You're like, oh yeah. my goodness, we're going to go for a ride here. And then like you had mentioned, she was worried about where this body was found because she didn't want it to affect. Now, now she cared that it didn't affect yes. the hotel. So, um, yeah, it's one way or the other. So, but originally, I think my initial reaction was that I liked Portia, I liked Albie, and I liked Ethan. So, I that was through that first episode who who I liked. And I think it had to do with, I felt they were sincere in how they were to other people. Yeah, I completely agree. Very down to earth, relatable. Like, yes, I love all of them, even the ones who are douchey, you know, <laughs> that are <laughs> jerky, complex or <laughs> complex. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Portia and Albie and Ethan are, wow. Like with Ethan and Harper, I was just like, man, Harper's right in his ass. <laughs> you know, it's just like back down. <laughs> like, <laughs> chill out. Portia's getting, you know, uh, Tanya all over. <laughs> Get out of here. You can't eat here. You know, it's like, what are you doing? I know. And then Albie having to deal, deal with his grandpa, who's just like, he's a flirt, but it's just like, well, you're also being disrespectful to these ladies, you know? And it's just like, and also dealing with his dad, who's, um, who's, who's done some shitty stuff. And it's mm-hmm. just like, he's just trying to, trying to be there and just trying to do a family thing. So. Yeah, but I totally, I agree with you on all that. You've talked about some of the characters, but let's dig a little further into them and their relationships with the other characters in the show. So we started to talk about Valentina. What do you think about her? Yeah, she was rude. And I know a lot of times it's sometimes like it's, a you know, depending on where you live and stuff, it's like some people are like, they don't even know they're being rude, but it's like an American would take it as rude. I'm like, well, actually, Americans are ruder. You know? <laughs> it's just like Europeans are pretty chill and laid back. But yeah, she was making me laugh the way she was talking to, sp- oh, gosh, which character was it? Really great actor. The people that work at the resort are great actors too. I was, even if oh, I haven't seen them yes. in other things, yeah. I was just like, wow, wh- who are you? Like these people are, are really very talented artists. But how she, um, <laughs> she is this like demanding, like even that's a small tray. Why do you have such a small tray for the champagne, you know, and everything. And then she's like riding that one guy. She rides him the whole time. And later on, we find out, you know, that he's in a relationship with the girl that she started. Oh, Rocco. Like, yeah. Rocco, that's it. Yeah. That dude, yeah. He's, yeah. Him and who was the other one? Um, His Isabella? girlfriend. Yeah, Isabella. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, Isabella. I mean, she's a little sweetheart, right? And, you know, they actually work really hard, but, you know, they talk and they do their thing, but she is just on it. 
But yeah, the, who who stood out first was definitely Valentina. She came in with a strong, strong presence. Harper and and Ethan, I was like, oh, what's going on here? And then Cameron and Daphne, and like, oh, man, that act, he's he's playing douchey really good. <laughs> like, good look. Oh, oh Cameron. Yeah, I mean, they're all, everyone's like very good looking and, you know, super talented and doing their thing. But I was just like, wow. I was like, what's really going on underneath all this? Because it's not always how, even in real life, like people who are always like, they look like they're so happy and so in love. I'm yeah. Like, what's some, and sometimes, what's yeah. really underneath it all, right? Yeah. Because it, yeah. it never is what it appears to be. I, I thought, yeah, Mia and um, Lucia, um, really interesting too i mean they're like definitely trying to hustle and i appreciate that and trying mm-hmm. to get somewhere further like she wants to go to la the other one wants to be a singer um but they they i guess in the way they all stood out to me i think they all were very very intriguing and definitely so much going on underneath and mm-hmm. i'm like wow that's I want to know more, but and sometimes too, when you're, when you're acting too, you do have like secrets or whatever, but the audience never knows and it's never written in the script, but you as a actor, um, create those in your imagination and, and this world. And so it's, sometimes it's there. You can see something else going on, but you don't always know, which is, I thought they were all doing such a great job with that. Yeah, they did. Oh man. Okay. So let me go back to Valentina. When she was first introduced, I'm like, I don't know if I like this woman, but it wasn't, it wasn't until we started to see more of her, probably midway for me. It took me midway to realize, to learn more about her. And you know, it's interesting. I think it was because I only saw how she was treating the other people and I didn't like that. But later on, we see how she's treated when she goes to the um to go get coffee and and you know she's being stared at and and just bothered and she just wants to you know do her thing and then we see her later with a cat she's feeding a cat on the on the side as she's eating her own lunch so it kind of shows a little bit about her in that way and then when she gets so excited because she thinks that Isabella could be a potential date possibly right and so mm-hmm. um she follows that path but then later it is revealed that Isabella is with Rocco and they're engaged and um you know then she's like heartbroken and then you feel for her because you're like oh man that you know she just wanted some some love in her life something and so it, it yeah. was interesting to see her character and I thought that that was just very revealing because you really don't know what people are going through and so it's mm-hmm. just uh, it's just really cool to see her her role and I'm I'm just glad that Mia was there to understand her and give her the love that she needed and oh, yeah. I just I just thought that was so also Mia was really well written for her to interact with Valentina. I just liked the way that just the way she supported her. Um, basically, it was like, I don't mind being with you, but, you know, I'm going to push you on this bike and then we're going to let the training wheels off and then you're going to go and fly on your own. That's what I felt like she was doing. And mm-hmm. so I just thought I just liked how uh, both those women were portrayed. Yeah, I totally feel you on that. 
Don't you think too with these characters? I'm like thinking of like I mean, there's so many. Like there's even like Jack and the guy at the the piano. It's um good. What's Giuseppe? Yeah, all these characters. Don't you almost feel like each one of them could have like I don't want to say their own TV show. I don't mean it like that, but their own like story, like literally yeah. like an a limited series story, yeah. of just like their life. Like that's how like I was like so engaged. Like they just have. So just so many layers. I'm just like, well, I want to know more, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I guess that's also the part of really good writing. It is to leave you kind of like even how a lot of really good, like independent and um, foreign films are done. It's like, it leaves you wanting more and coming up with your own conclusions a lot of times. And, and the mystery of a, of a story, it tells you a lot, but also leaves some for, for your own interpretation and everyone has their own thoughts, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Absolutely. Okay, so the DeGrasso men, I thought it was really interesting to see this multi-generational family of men mm-hmm. who have different changing attitude toward women. So Bert, <laughs> you had kind of mentioned already how Bert, the grandpa, he just, I'm sure in his day he was so annoying and, and people probably hated seeing him come come their way. But <laughs> as he's gotten older, I think he's... Um, somewhat harmless, I guess. And he's probably viewed a little bit differently. I think Albie, the grandson, is probably shaking his head every time his grandfather speaks. And so is Dom. So is Dominic, too, right? He's like, Dad, you can't say these things to women like that. But Dominic has his own issues, right? Because he's cheated on his wife, I'm sure, multiple times. And I think, I don't know if they actually said it or he said it, that he has... um, um, like a sex addiction? Yeah. Yeah. There was times two moments um, where, and I don't want to say like I'm favoring that, you know, or anything of cheating or whatever, but where I felt bad for him in the sense of, it's also Michael doing a great job with his acting too. It's just yeah. like, because you sometimes are rooting for even sometimes the people you don't, wouldn't necessarily like in as a person or be friends with, but he's got, I don't want to say a sickness. I don't come, I don't want to disrespect anyone, but it's like, he's got a struggle and he, I think he really does love his wife and loves his family. And it, it's heartbreaking in a way. It's just like, he's trying to do the right thing. And then, but he's not, cause I think, does it, when, when, um, homegirl first comes to his, his door, he was like, uh, not tonight. Or was that another night? I was trying to remember. Like That was like another was night. I think, I think it was after Albie tells him something. Yeah. Like he's trying to stop. And so, yeah, yeah, there's definitely that struggle that's there, you know, cause there's a lot of times it's, that's alcohol or drugs or these different things, but there's other addictions too. And, and it jacks up your life or jacks up your family. And, and it's yeah. sad, you know, to watch this, but. I just thought it was great to watch all three men, though, because they mm-hmm. all have, you know, some issue. I'll be the least of the three of them, but, you know, yeah. that they're all dealing with. But there's still this sense of family between them because they still talk to each other. And I just, I, again, it's Mike White's writing. He writes them really well mm-hmm. because they are flawed people. But like you said, even though they're flawed, there's at least in this family, they're still trying or Dom is still trying to figure out how to be a better husband and how to figure out the right way to get back to his wife. And and just that whole the whole interaction when they're talking about the godfather and and how, um, 
they're talking about it and, you know, how they feel about it and it being the greatest movie ever they've ever seen. And, and then Albie saying what he feels about it and how the demographic and the type of person it caters to. And to be honest, I had never thought about it before. When Albie mm-hmm. said that, I was like, oh, oh, okay. I had never thought about it like that. But it it makes sense, right? But we've grown up seeing this movie. We know it's a great movie. It's done really well. But Albie has a different perspective on it. I just think that even in watching the dynamics of this family, we're, we also can learn from them too. So um, I just, yeah. I really like seeing them. And also the car scene when they're all in the car with <laughs> Lucia and mm-hmm. that guy is following them. Of course, Lucia says that this guy wants money, but of course we don't know that. He just gets out of the car and has this look on his face, but we don't really know. Of course he does grab her though. He does mm-hmm. grab her and she's trying to get away. And then you see both the Dom and Albie get out of the car. Like they're like, wait, you know, and she's like, no, no, it's okay. I can handle this. And, and then um, the guys get back in the car but then the grandpa gets out. He's all, you can't let her go. We may never see her again. And jumps yeah. out of the car and he's all, don't get in. And then she gets in. And just something about that part between those three men, I don't know, something about it, it made me feel like they were all good guys. That's exactly. how I felt. Yep. They were all good guys. They didn't want something bad and they were going to try and step in and help her. And... I thought it was a good idea to bring in three different generations of a family. I just thought that was written so well. Yeah, I agree. And I I agree with you completely on that scene. It's just like, wow. It's like, especially because even the grandfather talked about, you know, you to his son, to Dominic about how, hey, you didn't, you got caught because of this. You need to do it better. And, And Dominic's like, well, you weren't always, you know. A role model. Yeah, yeah a role model. Very, uh-huh. Right. And then, but then, yeah, at that part when they're actually like doing, try, or at least trying to do the right thing, even though they don't really know this girl very well, but it was just out of respect, like, hey, wow, someone's getting aggressively handled and and trying to take her. And it's just like, I mean, it felt like bad news, but, you know, it's also, it's also the hustle. They didn't know, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that, Yeah. <laughs> Because I was like, dude, is that her pimp? It's like, you know, is he going to slap her around? Is he going to kill her? You know, it's just like, wow. But I, I feel you on, on, on all that. It's like, that was like a, such a strong moment where it was like, they're, they're doing the right thing and they're good guys for that moment, right? Yeah, for that moment is right. Mm-hmm. And so in speaking about uh, Lucia and... Um, <laughs> Mike White did such a good job. Again, I keep saying that. I'm sorry I keep saying that. But it's so true because he's written these women who are these locals, these girls that are working um, to make their own lives. And it's just a different perspective, right? We see mm-hmm. Lucia working at this resort and under- not working as far as, you know, working as a maid or anything, but working the resort and understanding (laughs) these guests and just playing this part and getting what she wants. And it's interesting because she seems so sincere and I think she probably is sincere. I don't know because she's a different type of person than what we are used to seeing. I think in a way we would see her 
pretending to be one way and actually being another, but maybe she's all wrapped into one person, right? Maybe she really mm-hmm. is a person who cares for Albie, but is also going to take his money because yeah. she, that's what she wants and that's what she mm-hmm. needs and that's what she's working towards. So, and also Mia wanting to be the singer mm-hmm. and how she befriends the piano player and then is allowed to, you know, he allows her to sing or lets her sit in on the piano. And of course, she sounds really good. And then later on, he, I guess he tells her that he can help her. And so she ends up, okay, this is worth it. I'll exchange sex for him helping me to become a singer. But yeah. when they, but when they go to that chapel or whatever it is, he can't do it. So she's like, wait, 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 I got something to help you out. And so then she goes to find Lucia, but she can't hear because she's out in the water with Albie. So she goes into her purse and she picks whatever pill she has. It's a it's a toss up, right? She's either going to pick <laughs> Molly, I think it is, Molly or, or Viagra. Uh, yeah. She comes back, gives him his pills and he takes it. And then that night later on, he's like falls to the ground because apparently she gave him too much Molly. And so, yeah. <laughs> and so then she's able to take his space at the table and able to sing, which actually Bert, I think, encourages her to do that too, the grandpa. Mm-hmm. And as she's doing this, this is when the relationship between her and Valentina um, happens. And so that when Giuseppe finally does come back out of the hospital, you know, he wants his job back, but he's not getting it back <laughs> because <laughs> Mia has earned her spot there now. So I just think that just, you know, highlighting these people, again, that could have been throwaway characters, right? They could have just came in. Oh, those are the sex workers. They're going into the room. Now they're going back out. And that's it. That's all you know. But no, we know so much more, which makes Mm -hmm. the characters that much richer, which makes us watching them so much better because then we're so invested in the story and the characters. Well said, well said. Did to the yo. I completely agree on all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the two couples, Ethan, Cameron, and Daphne. And you were saying this earlier that sometimes people just look happy and maybe they're not. It's so interesting because they're all giddy and Harper rolls her eyes at them because she thinks they're superficial. They don't watch the news. They haven't voted. But as the you know, season goes on, we learn that Daphne learns to adapt and accept and uh, take her own power back and not be the victim and handle things the way to make herself feel better. And so to do the things that she wants to do, because she actually knows Cameron and what he does and what he's capable of and the type of person that he is. And so, you know, it is slowly revealed. And so Daphne, oh my gosh, I think for me, that was the biggest revelation learning about her. What did you think of these couples? Well, I was curious even up to the end of who slept with who and what really happened, what went down. Yeah. Um, It was like with Cameron and Daphne, it's just kind of like she's living with someone that, she knows is probably not, you know, faithful. It's like, how does that feel at the end of the day? Is now open relationship, then that, you know, it's between the couple, right? But I'm, yeah. Like, hmm. And then Harper and Ethan, who I guess had recently, they had come into some money and, and, you know, but they're still like pretty, like, you know, 
chill about it, but they had a lot going on. Even the fact of, um, oh, well, we're trying to have a baby. Well, how often are you trying? Basically, well, you know, she, she doesn't really like morning sex, and <laughs> yeah, and then at night we're pretty tired. I'm like, whoa! So it's like they're almost having. Um, it's a funny saying. It's called lesbian bed death. I'm not sure what they say in the straight world, but <laughs> it could happen when people just aren't. You know, it's not all about sex anyways. It's about right, intimacy. Yeah. It should be like your best friend and stuff. There's definitely like a lot of um, complexities with both of these couples. And it it seems awkward, their friendship too. It's like, what's really going on with Ethan and Cameron as well? It's just like, does Ethan right. have a on him? Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, hey, Cameron is a, a good looking dude. But so is Ethan. I was just like, well, maybe you two should go out. Maybe Daphne and Harper should go out. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> who cares? You know, live yeah. and let live. Like, love is love. But I was like, I don't know. It's, they were interesting, but sometimes annoying, but that's because their character is, you know, like the actors are doing their job yet again, you know, it's like, thank you. But yeah, these, these couples are, um, I don't know if I'd be like hanging out with them and stuff. Right. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yep, I agree. Yep. Well, I know you really love Jennifer Coolidge. So what did you oh, think yeah. of her character as Tanya and even Portia? It's 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 just like such a fan of Jennifer Coolidge. It's like God, your character's an ass, you know. Like even <laughs> Portia's cool too, and and I feel bad for her because it's like she's doing all this stuff, and it's like being treated kind of sh- well, not kind of, but pretty shitty. Yeah, you know. And I feel like Tanya's character does have a good heart, like you know, like um, but she's also a lot of she's very self absorbed. Because, like, Portia's like, oh, I met this guy, you know, he's really cool. And, and you know, she's saying all these things, and Tanya's, like, listening and eating. And then she's like, yeah, I don't know what's up with Greg, you know? <laughs> it's just like, wow, Portia's trying to have this moment with you and, like, kind of, you know, confine, like, you know, his girlfriends and stuff. And yeah. you're just kind of like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, Tanya's character. That sounded like her, yeah. Oh, did it a little bit? Okay, yeah, it well. did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I I could do mannerisms of a lot of like um, actors or characters that they portray, but can't always do their voice. Mm. But if I practice enough, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. I, Tanya is. She's looking for. The, I mean, at times I feel bad for her, like especially when Greg talks shit at her about you know like her eating and her weight. And I was just like, well, Jennifer Coolidge, uh, she'll always be voluptuous, yeah, and luscious. I don't care how old she is. I don't care what her weight's at. It does not matter. She's just a, just a beautiful human being, and just. I mean, I've never met her, but I was just like, I would love to work <laughs> with her. But, but the Tanya yeah. chick. She, she has her complexities and it, and she has her things and it's just like, but she's very much um, like money, you know, it's like, well, hey, even as she's coming on the boat, the guy on the boat is like moving the, um, the thing that she's got her legs crossed on. She's sitting down. It's like, well, let me move this and make you even feel even better with your 50 things of suitcases and Porsche's literally chilling inside the boat with the 50 suitcases you know and her one little bag it's just kind of like that kind of dynamic of right like, whatever you're just you know here to do whatever i want i don't care about your life you know it's like what about my life and it's just like wow she's a lot to handle yeah even <laughs> remember when her and greg were having sex and then she like 
I think it's like episode oh, yeah. two or three. She pushes yeah. him off. I mean, it was kind of funny too. Yes, like, it was. I was like, wow. I was like, dang. She, he kind of like just like slip, oh, slip and slide gosh. the wrong direction. But she's like, oh my God, I'm having this, you know, like these visions and all these, like, you know, all those different um, sculptures right. and stuff. And talk about like her spidey sense is kind of popping off maybe even right then and there. But um, oh, I really liked Portia. I thought um, she was a really interesting character. Um, but talk about the foreshadowing when like Albie was just like, well, you know, a lot of girls, they say they want the nice guy and then they go mm-hmm. with the other guy. Yeah. You know, for the adventure. And she literally did that to Yes. I was just like, no, yeah. Portia, like Jack is like a fun guy or whatever. He's a fucking drunk. Jack's got all these issues too. He's got trouble. He's got shit going on and he's got yeah. these rich people using him. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's allowing it though too, but. Right. Yeah. Sorry. Kind of running off there. Oh, no, no, no. It's good. Well, actually, we're going to head into episode seven, the finale. And so it fits right into what you're talking about. So, of course, so much is revealed. Yeah. Episode seven was so good. Uh, but it still left us with a lot of speculation, too, because mm-hmm. so many, so much was revealed. But then so much was also, yeah, not answered, which was very interesting. And so we're going to dig into all of that. I mean, the DeGrasso men and Lucia getting that money and then mm-hmm. the escalation of what, ha- you know, Ethan and his thoughts about Harper and Cameron, uh, just all of that and what happens with um, Tanya and and Portia. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Oh man, it was just it was just a really good episode. So it was. let's just dig in. Yeah, it it was a really good episode. I mean, even like with Portia, I'm like, oh my god, get out of there, get out of there. Jack is like drunk. You are like in a whole nother place. Like, don't go. I was just like, because I've known you know like friends who've done like you know like you're not thinking right. You know, just like you don't know this person. I mean, oh my gosh. And then it's like some of the other characters. Ethan and Daphne, you know, Cameron's lady. Yeah. What happened when they walked off, right? Yeah. And, and did Harper and Cameron hook up? Because yeah. remember when he, do you remember when, and it was like the episode one? Of the episode, yep. Where he's like, I don't got any of my clothes, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I really wanted to like the guy too, because there's part of me that really liked him because he jokes around and, and he's pretty, uh, you know, he's like fun Feed with his wife. Yeah. 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 And even he's trying on those clothes and stuff. I'm like, I'd wear that stuff. That looks fun. You know, it's just like, it's cool stuff. Right. And he jokes, but yeah, he literally drops his, his pants and he's got his, you know, his, his schlong out and <laughs> Harper's right there looking for sunscreen. It's just like, right. oh, she's just like, oh my gosh. Oh my These guys, God. It's just like, yeah. Why are you doing that? You know, like she's thinking, it's just like, dude, you could have just waited Used the bathroom after she was done. It's like, oh, and then I was talking with Courtney. She's like, yeah, he's totally trying to seduce her. I was just like, he is planting seeds, you know? Yeah. But there was a lot going on. I mean, even down to this huge thing of the guys with the boat. Um, Oh, gosh. What was the... um, Quentin? Quentin. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, or the character, uh, Quentin, um, you know, all the stuff that's going on with him and his friends, this elaborate scheme to get Tanya on the boat, to get Portia somewhere else. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Um, to kill her. <laughs> to I kill her. To, For them, for 
uh, Tanya and Portia to figure it out over the phone together. Yeah. I love that moment, how they kept adding you know pieces together because Portia tells her, well, he's really drunk and he said that they're, you know, they don't have money, but they're going to you know, find their way into money. And then she remembers that she saw a picture that looked like Greg on Quentin's table. And Mm -hmm. she starts to put that together. And she tells her, oh, man, the prenup, if I divorce him, he doesn't get anything. But if I die, he could get all my money. And, And then how everything was just leading up to it and how Jack was keeping Portia away and how she lost her, not lost her phone. Her phone was stolen and she couldn't find it. It was just scary mm-hmm. for both of them. And to see that moment, I don't know if we want to go into it right now or not. Should we just go for it? I guess oh, the, let's, um, just, let's just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. The moment where she knows it's coming. Uh, Tanya knows it's coming because that Nick Nikolai, or I'm not sure if that was his name or not comes on the little boat and, and uh, she knows he always carries a gun in that bag. And he, yeah. she mm-hmm. sees him with the bag and gets off the boat and puts it to the side. So she knows she's going to have to get to that bag at some point. And so she excuses herself saying she's going to go to the bathroom. And she grabs the bag and goes into the stateroom. And then <laughs> they're all banging on the door, banging on the door. And she's, I felt so bad for her, though. When I watched it the second time, mm-hmm. which was just last night, I just felt so bad for her because she's crying and she's fumbling. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, what a panic she was in and how realistic that felt. Yeah. To be in that circumstance with this group of men on this boat that all want you dead and you can't even talk to the camp captain. He's not helping you either. And so, (laughs) you know, gets the gun and I think Nikolai busts through the door and she shoots him and then she has her eyes closed and she's like shooting away (laughs) yeah when we see her come out and like everybody is on the ground and then that one guy goes and jumps off it was so fantastic that she shot so many of them with the bullets that she had i just thought this is totally cool yeah i i totally dug that and it's like you got to like I was like right on girl just you got to shoot these people are trying to kill you I mean that is just insane absolutely insane even like when she found out that Jack is not Quentin's nephew oh yeah fucking yeah 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 like like you know like and as you said like Portia and her put kind of started putting you know all these like clues together and it's just like holy shit and she just comes out boom 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 but Oh, man, it was I mean, as you were talking about all that, I was getting goosebumps because it was so well done. Like, it's just like this heightened state, you know, of all everything that is happening. And then it's like, yes, Tanya. I mean, do we do we go to what? Yeah, happened, go or? ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and then it's just like, this is something that happened to me because I just like punched my my hand is like because I get very klutzy. I'm like a clumsy person sometimes and <laughs> chaos of myself of like, oh, my God, I, I survived. <laughs> you know, I would still feel horrible for shooting people, even though it's like it's it's me or them kind of thing. Right. Like, you know, like protection mode, survival mode. But then it's just like. Ding dong. It's <laughs> <was> like, shit. <laughs> she like, said to herself, 
I know. She said to herself, you got this. And I'm thinking, yeah, you got this. And then she steps over and then she just stumbles out and her head hits the side of the boat. So clunk, clunk, and her body splashes. I was like, I had to see oh. it. I had to like rewind it and watch it two or three times because I'm like, I, I thought, oh gosh, I, uh, wasn't there any way for her to make the boat or get on the boat? I was shocked. I still didn't believe it. I thought, oh, she's going to pop up. I still did not believe that she was dead. I did not believe she was the dead yep. body. I kept thinking, yep. no, no, she cannot be dead. She cannot have survived all this and still be dead. But after I came to grips of it being dead and it had been a couple of days and I read about it and I listened to Same. what Mike White had to say, I then I finally accepted it. And uh, because he had said that she had said something in uh, the end of season one about death being an immersive um, experience. And so I guess Mike White said, OK, we're going to give that to her. But he did not want the guys, the men, whoever, to get the better of her. He wanted her to have that victory. But then he says, it's so Tanya to go out this way. And so um, I just think it's it was is actually the best ending for her story. It really was once I accepted everything. The only thing I was still upset about was I hope Greg does not get the money because I that yeah. was just really oh my gosh he just better yeah, get what his an ass. yeah yeah um yeah I really didn't yeah that's a whole nother part of it too. I'm not spilling beans because it is on IMDb, but season three, it does have Jennifer Coolidge as a credit. Oh, so, I wonder, mm, mm, she could be a flashback. A flashback, yeah. Flash, I know, I did whatever. not want to yeah. accept it either. I was just like, no! And then it's really her floating as, no, shit! I know! Yeah. but it, You know it who I thought sense. it was? Mm. I thought it was going to be Cameron, because when Ethan... It's just, you know, racked with what if, what happened, you know, all this turmoil over yeah. if Cameron and Harper, you know, slept together. Because there's this missing 10 minutes that's just driving him crazy. Mm-hmm. And he goes, to, he, you know, pushes Harper to tell him what happened, what happened. I mean, he was like adamant. I had never seen Ethan quite like that. And he's like, and, and. She was saying, look, this happened to you and you told me what, you know, I you wanted me to accept what happened to you. Of course, she didn't, though. And then now I'm telling you what happened. And then, of course, she did kind of lie. <laughs> so mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. but, you know, Ethan's all, I just, you know, I can tell you're lying. I can tell you're lying. And then she says, okay, he kissed me. But the part where he says, did you really want your hat? Did you really come up here for your hat? And she said, oh, yeah. no. Uh-huh. That part, like, really kind of made me mad myself because it'd be different if she had gone to get her hat and then camera came on to her, kissed her, and then she pushed him away. But the fact that she wasn't going upstairs for her hat and she says, well, I was drunk. And I'm like, what? What? You despise this guy. Why would you even Mm -hmm. put yourself in that circumstance? So anyway. Yeah, she's still intrigued. There's, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yes, something sexy. (laughs) And so then Ethan goes down, punches. They get in a big fight, which was really well done. I was like glued to my seat watching 
Ethan's reaction and him going down there and how he was handling everything because I didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. And so they they fight. He punches him. And I thought, uh, because then they show Cameron kind of give a laugh and float. And then you saw a um, jellyfish on the side. So I thought, oh, it's going to oh, sting right. him and he's going to mm-hmm. die. <laughs> that's what I thought. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. He's going to drown. But it wasn't <laughs> him. But it wasn't him. But then later we see Ethan uh, walking and he meets up with Daphne. And then that's where he tells her what he thinks. And uh, and then they go off to that island. And yeah. we don't know what happened. But we. Nope. I think everybody thinks that, yeah, that they had sex there. Because cool. uh, because it took it he totally changed after that Ethan totally changed he they all had dinner together and they all raised their glasses and then Ethan and Harper it rekindled their sex life mm-hmm. it, I don't know yeah, so it kind of seems like Ethan was satisfied in some way to move forward with his wife yeah so to each their own it's like whatever whatever. <laughs> whatever yeah. spice y'all need you know but wow. yeah i did i did dig the the fight scene i thought was done really well in, in the water i mean especially doing something like that in water you know yeah um but oh man yeah so much wow even the uh money everything dealing with the money with albie asking his dad to give him 50 can you imagine fifty thousand euros Dad, give me yeah. 50,000 euros. And he's all, 50,000 euros? He's all, yeah, it's nothing to you, Dad. Just give it to me. Just give it to me. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. Wow. And so he does give it to him because Albie will talk to the mom and put in a good word for him. And Albie thinks he's a karmic payment. That's what he calls it, a karmic yeah. payment. And so Albie gives um, Lucia the money and Lucia's like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> win yeah. for me i i know i and you had talked about it earlier too i i wondered i'm like was this was there a part of her that felt bad about that you know was there a part of her that really did like i'll be but just knew like did she just know like she's not the right person for him that he deserves someone else you know like someone better not to knock her that she's you know not good enough i don't mean it that way but there's that there's that sad moment, but then it's also that moment too of that she's just looking out for herself and it doesn't matter. Yeah. I yeah. I I in my mind I think that she cared about him as a because he was a nice guy. He is a nice guy. Yeah. So I think she liked him. Mm-hmm. Uh, she probably wasn't in love with him, but she liked him. He I think she, you know, who's to say what happens in uh <laughs> season three, although I don't know if there's gonna be that many um returning characters but maybe yeah who knows we'll see yeah but it was just uh i just thought it was a really good season finale it was yeah it was well done we are at our segment and the award goes to so i want to know what was your favorite quote character or moment tanya shooting just this (laughs) badass who's she's you know such a lady very feminine and it's just like boom, 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 boom. You know, it's just like <laughs> it was good. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> take these assholes out. It's just like I mean, because they were all in on it, right? I mean, they're all like, and I always kept saying, "Why if she didn't go on the boat?" 
you know. I know. I know. Well, Quentin had it dialed in. In fact, out of everybody, I think out of everybody, he was the one that, to me, he was the, well, besides Greg, but he was like the ultimate villain, really, because I just feel Mm -hmm. like he just was the one that was telling her all these things and the way he did it. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, and when he was saying it, like the second time around when I was watching it, and every time he would say something, I'm like, oh, my God, you're doing this with the intention that you're going to kill her every single time. You're telling her something. You're so good at it. How he covered up who Greg was and he was this other guy and didn't know him. It's just everything. I just think he played a really good bad guy. And I thought, oh, I'm so glad that she got you and that you were dying, but you were uh, um, alive enough to to see her face and know that she was the one who shot you. So (laughs) I agree. That was probably my favorite moment too. But I also really did like Daphne. She, like I said, she was a revelation to me. Unfortunately, I just thought she was some... I'm trying to figure out a word to say about her that's not too bad, but, you know, just didn't care about too much. And um, But really, she did. She was taking care of herself. And I thought a moment that I had to really revisit in my brain was when she sh- was telling Harper about uh, her trainer, when she was telling about her trainer, how he has blonde hair and blue eyes. And she goes, oh, he's so cute. You want to see a picture of him? And then she shows him a picture of her child. It's like, oh, my God. You had a child with your trainer because of Cameron. Cameron doing his fooling around and doing whatever he wants. And she's like, oh, Mm -hmm. no. I'm not going to be the victim. I'm going to show you. And also also when she was talking to Ethan and he tells her, I think Harper and Cameron did something together and the look on her face, she had like a second of hurt or um, surprise. I don't know what it was, but Mm -hmm. then she quickly, and then she looks out into the water and she turns around and she just quickly changes it. And uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh man, it was so good. And so I just give her a lot of credit for her, her, um, how she handled herself and and her, this role and her as an actress. So I just thought it was really well done. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything else that you want to touch upon before we close out our segment of White Lotus? Um, well, I uh, kudos again and the acting and the writing and the cast and crew. I mean, they put together such a wonderful um I started to say film because I, I love the way some of these shows are shot. It's like film, you know? Yeah, it was done so well. Um, but a little side thing: if you go to IMDb and go to the trivia, uh, the character of Abby, Dominic's estranged wife, whom speaks on the phone. Because I remember when I was listening to this, I was like, "Wow, who is this on the other end of this conversation playing his wife?" As she's doing a like an amazing job, and we don't even see her; it's just her voice, but you can hear the hurt. <laughs> The love, the sadness, yeah. the rage, I, so many things going on just in the voice. So a lot of times when we're watching, you know, actors perform, it's like you're looking at their eyes yeah. and seeing, you know, what, what else is going on. It's not just what they're saying, you know, mm-hmm. but this person had to really like make it pop off, but still be in a very grounded, connected scene and truthful to the imaginary circumstances was the Miss Brilliant Laura Dern. 
um, uh, was on the phone. She was the one that voiced it, which you you had found out as well. Yeah, uh, such a great job. I mean, so many people. Like these a lot of these actors who, um, uh, I don't. I want to lo- learn more about them. You know, even like Sabrina, who played Valentina. Like, there's just so many. Yeah, so many talented people. Um, I was like, wow. And I've been to Italy and I love it there. And I love the people. I love the culture. So shout out to the folks in Italy. Right on. (laughs) Yeah, I've been to Italy too. And uh, it was an amazing time. And I absolutely loved it too. And just, yeah, incredible people, food, Mm -hmm. it's just everything. I want to go back. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. I want want a little villa somewhere. I, uh, I know, right? Totally, I know. totally dig it. So pretty. Totally I dug. We didn't even talk about any of that, but yes, it was shot beautifully. There were so many things that we saw that were just so beautiful, the landscape yeah. and everything. We didn't talk too much about Portia, but all I really wanted to say about her was when she was with Jack and she started to see his true colors, I thought that became very scary. I mm-hmm. I thought to myself, oh my gosh, you know, he could kill her. He could do anything he wants yeah. with her. And here she thought he was just this fun um, vacationing guy that was a, she was attracted to. And and he ended up, oh, my gosh, just the complete opposite. Like, I was scared for her and I didn't like him anymore. I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, get away from him. This is terrible. And yes, you should have picked Albie. <laughs> and yeah. so it was kind of cool at the very end how those are the two people at the airport that meet up and oh and yeah, find, that's right. And they find yeah. out a little more about what's you know, what happened because Albie tells her, Oh, she says, Where's your where's your um grandpa and your dad? They're over there. And then he says, oh, where's your um, boss? And she goes, I don't know. She does not answering her phone. He says, oh, somebody died at the on the beach. And then they found a bunch of bodies. It's like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. but then they exchanged numbers, which was kind of a good way to end the the whole thing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to season three. Mike White said that season one was about money. Season two is about sex. And season three will be about death, Eastern religion, and spirituality. So cool. <laughs> it'll be uh, it'll be fun to tune into that. Yeah, most definitely. All right, Shay, thank you for the conversation on White Lotus. But I would also like to know if you have any TV or movie recommendations. I, I have a couple. I would say welcome to Chippendales. It's really well done. I mean, even the intro, the music. Uh, White Lotus as well. The music and the intro is amazing. And we didn't really touch upon that, but that was really done well. Um, but it, even if you're, that's not your jam, you're not really into the whole Chippendale thing. It's really interesting. Um, it's, oh my God, the acting is phenomenal. It's based on a true story. It is based on a true okay. story that is on Hulu. And then the other one is the L word. Generation Q, which is on Showtime. That's another really uh, <laughs> good time show. Good acting. Um, done really well. One of my favorite scenes is actually uh, the little musical that they do. Um, but that's, I don't want to ruin it for anyone if you haven't seen it. So definitely check out both of those. Completely two different types of shows, but it's um, both done really well. Awesome. I know you had mentioned Welcome to Chippendales to me, and I'd seen the trailer, and it looked 
very interesting. I just haven't been able to watch it just yet. I didn't even know there was a real story about it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. It's a it's a limited series, but it's a definitely a, a good one to um to check out, even just to dig on the music and the and the acting. How many episodes the are there? Do you know? Eight episodes. Okay. Yeah. Just so you know what, what you're getting into, because sometimes it's like, oh, there's 10, there's 12. It's like, oh, okay. But eight, that sounds good. Just like uh, White Lotus is seven, you know? I enjoy shows that are, you know, ongoing series, but I also like these limited series because yes. they, they do a lot in a short time, you know? Yeah. Thank you for those. So I am watching... I just started watching Shrinking on Apple TV, and this is with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. Uh, Jason Siegel is a therapist, and after his wife dies, he takes a different approach on his patients. And it's just, um, it's funny. I laughed out loud. I really like the characters, even the other therapist that works there, um, his patient, his best friend. You know how we love in White Lotus all these developed characters. I think that the mm-hmm. characters seem to be written pretty good on this show, too. So there's only been a couple of episodes released, but um, but I really did like it. I'm also watching The Last of Us on HBO Max. I don't know about the video game, but it's based on the video game. And there has been three episodes and it's been pretty good. And this uh, third episode was, it really uh, pulled me in. It was, um, it was just really well done. Yeah. I don't want to give too much away for that either. So Mm -hmm. uh, check that out on HBO. I also saw The Traders on Peacock. That's a reality show. It's really really addicting and really fun. It has uh, reality characters from Survivor, Real Housewives, Below Deck, Big Brother. And then it also has regular people that are not celebrities. And he, they put them in this castle in Scotland. And um, Alan Cummings is the um, host And so he picks three people to be what are called traitors. The rest are called faithfuls. And what happens is the faithfuls have to guess who the traitors are. But each night, the traitors kill, murder someone, which means you get a note under your door and you're murdered and you don't show up for breakfast. And so Uh it's so interesting because what happens is if there's just one inkling that somebody thinks you're a traitor, like everybody jumps on it. It's so interesting how um, one little thing, you could do one slight little thing and you're just a, you're a, a faithful, you're not even a traitor, but it looks wrong to everybody else and everybody jumps on it and then you get defensive <laughs> and, it, and it makes it look more like you're the traitor. So it's just kind of interesting to see how that works, right? Uh, you know, how people assume things and how people trust other people and don't trust others. So it's very interesting. So I would say check that out on Peacock. It's really a fun watch. I did also watch with the Oscars coming up. Um, I did watch uh, Banshees of Inishirin, and I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but it's on HBO Max. It has nine Oscar nominations, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. It's about a lifelong friendship and then it's based it's based in 1923 and it's these two men who have a lifelong friendship and one of them decides to end it because he in a way he feels the other one was holding him back and he wants to make something of his life but the other one is 
doesn't understand why he's being discarded. And so it goes on from there. But uh, it's just, it's pretty good. It's very good. I can see why it got nine nominations. So I would say check that out. And I also saw Violent Night on Peacock. And Dave Harbour, who's in Stranger Things, plays Santa Claus. But it's like Santa Claus, like you have never seen him before. It's really violent, but it's really entertaining. (laughs) I really liked it. It's not what you expect from Santa Claus. Or a movie filmed on Christmas Eve. So I would say check that out. Have you seen any of those? No, but that last one said this. Yeah, I want to see it. John Leguizamo is in it too. Yes, yes. Another person I got to meet. He's an awesome guy um, for a book signing. But yeah, those are on my list. My endless list of entertainment. (laughs) Things you need to watch. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so good. Thank you, Shay. I so appreciate you being able to break down White Lotus with me today. It's just, I love getting your perspective and your insights. It's just been great. Thank you. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please go to screensandfocus.com and subscribe to our website and stay up to date and tell a friend we would love more members of our TV club. You can also check out our blog for TV and movie recommendations. Next show will be on The Walking Dead Roundup. Yes, I know The Walking Dead has finished, but we are revisiting it. You know, it is my favorite show. (laughs) I can't stop being connected to the show. So, and to segue into the spinoff. So check that out when it comes out in a couple of weeks. Otherwise, you can find our website listed in our show notes. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.